How to Create a Glitch, the complete series. Chapter 4, Orientation, Geometry and Book 2, Advanced Glitching. This chapter is intended to elaborate how physical space relates to mirroring, tension and how glitches arise from unique places and orientations in space and time. Mirroring of each other is only possible relative to some object, a common orientation. You can only mirror someone's posture if you have a common orientation to some object like a table or a chair. The physical geometry of people and objects reflects the underlying conditions of consonants. For example, let's say there are two people meeting at a coffee shop for the first time. Let's say there is a table and only one chair. If one sits down, the other is left standing, and there is little chance to mirror each other's posture to enhance the expectation field. But, if they both remain standing, opposite each other, postural mirroring is possible, reflective of the optimal arrangement. If one sits down, it's likely to create discordance and prompt a divergence or antithetical emotional reaction which will attenuate the common expectation field. Thus, the physical arrangement of objects plays a role or reflects the underlying conditions for resonance. Now, not only do the arrangements of objects in space play a role but so too does their geometry. If one person turns and puts his back to the other, this orientation prevents mirroring. Or, if one of them turns slightly, there is a point at which this position will impair mirroring. Now, what if we bring a third person into the mix? Instead of one person meeting a stranger at a coffee shop for the first time, we have two friends and a third stranger. In the same way, this group has to optimize their orientation in space relative to some object to enhance mirroring. The difference is, now, we have a more complex shape or pattern to their common orientation. We have a triangle centered on the point of common orientation. Thus, the arrangement of groups produces optimization of particular geometric shapes. For each increase in the number of individuals we have a different arrangement to best maximize mirroring. Knowing these shapes, and manipulating them, to prevent and create mirroring, at inopportune moments, provides one the ability to increase substitution times, and more reliably produce glitches in groups. Let's say two people are converging on a road driving at same speed. On this particular road two lanes merge. That is, if they continue to mirror each other they will crash. Thus, the road contains within it a constraint in physical terms on where mirroring can and cannot occur. The geometric shapes used in the construction of infrastructure plays a role in where in physical space mirroring can and cannot occur. If we go back to the example of two strangers meeting at a coffee shop, with one chair at a table, this arrangement provides an opportunity. The two might begin mirroring each other's posture, facial expressions, vocal intimations, and then promptly one of them might sit down. And then, casually as the mirroring decays, stand up. Thus, using objects to create patterns and break them assists in producing longer substitutions, and glitches. The release and creation of tension in social situations reflects this pattern. When two people release tension at the same time, it produces a resonance. Thus, in our example of the two strangers at a coffee shop, 
one sitting down mid-conversation, we have a situation where one has obtained a release not shared by the other. Individuals who desire to mirror posture and posing can only do so if they are within line of sight. As such, the system requires that groups of social actors engaged in mirroring form certain geometric shapes to enhance mirroring. However, the orientation of social actors also plays a role in their position within a geometric arrangement. It also helps us to identify who is the receiver or releaser of social tension. This person will also by virtue of its orientation be the person with the highest pre-release tension. Now, what are the ultimate implications of all these concepts and ideas? What is the end goal of glitching techniques? The answer is 1. To produce a divergence of our expectation field from the common expectation field and 2. To produce a separation of the plates of meaning in an observable fashion. Reality is a fluid construction, a patchwork construction, comprised of the intersections of our five spatial plates and four plates of the mind with others. Glitches are of two dimensions. They can be produced either by disrupting that common expectation field, or by separating the individual plates which comprise it. The end result of either of the two is the production of experiences of a variety of forms including the appearance of doppelgangers, telepathy, synchronicity, Truman Show-esque experiences, gangstalking, precognition, body switching, the occurrence of strange or unnatural events, the Mandela effect, retrocausality and others. There is no limit to the strange and unnatural world created by glitching. Nor is this book the end of the discussion. For there are just as many ways to produce glitches as there are ways to skin a cat. Book 2, Advanced Glitching This is the second book in a series about how to create a glitch in the matrix. I would suggest if you wish to understand the contents of this book, the techniques and the theory, you should read the preceding book, How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Immediately Prior. Since, the bulk of the theory which is explained in this book builds upon the theory as explicated in the previous book, while adding some new techniques and ideas. I won't belabor the point, but without a full reading and absorption of the ideas contained in this book, it will be impossible to create a glitch. That being said, everything in this book can be adapted or extrapolated from by the right mind. Suffice it to say, there is no one way to create a glitch. This is merely my method, my theory and my technique. So borrow as you please, or reinvent. What you take from this book is entirely up to you. It is only in the resisting the impulse to fulfill your ordinary routines and habits that you are free to witness the extraordinary. This was the main point of the early chapters of the previous book. Now, I'd like to apply the same principle to a more narrow circumscribed view of human behavior. Although the previous book focused on the essential step of undermining our basic routines or bodily rhythms, this book will focus on the more minute aspects of what we do. To start out, every action with some fulfillment in a bodily rhythm, i.e. ingestion, in its fulfillment releases tension and dissipates the expectations we possess. Resisting that release concentrates the expectation and gives it more potency. Likewise, in resisting an impulse, you are destroying the pattern to which your mind and body has become conditioned. 
Now, the tension, captured, by resisting an impulse for a release, is, captured, within the conscious mind, unlike the tension which is, captured, by our unconscious routines. That means, if you were to resist consciously a basic impulse to ingest something immediately, thereby delaying the gratification, while not altogether releasing the expectation that you will indulge, you will capture the concentration of your attention in the moment. So long as you do not delay the gratification to the point of extinction of the impulse, you will see a corresponding boost in your concentration. Why is this important? Because our minds are filters, and our ability to design that filter is restricted by our ability to concentrate our attention on a task. For example, if your mind is focused on the creation of a glitch, instead of a thousand other extraneous irrelevancies, the filter of the mind will be a more useful in sifting through the information presented to it in your attention. By creating an artificial increase in bodily tension within consciousness, you are increasing the likelihood of producing a glitch. Now, this potentiation of resisting impulses is only the first step. For it is not enough to resist a single impulse for a short time to produce a glitch. What is needed is a combination of potency and laterality. One impulse decays as it is delayed. But an impulse alone possesses potentiality. If impulse delay is combined with repetitious pattern breaking in lateral or unrelated behaviors, the result is an infinitely more complex constellation of randomness. For example, one might have the impulse to go to the store and buy a chocolate bar. That impulse is linked to the body's responses including, digestion, salivation and dopamine release. The body prepares for the inevitable treat. However, merely delaying that gratification is not enough to create a glitch. So, instead of merely delaying the gratification, one might go to a store with the intention of buying a chocolate bar, honestly, and then, right before entering the parking lot to the store, go instead into a women's lingerie store when one has no interest in lingerie. What would be the effect of this change? Well, the bodily rhythms are disrupted. The brain's chemistry is altered. While at the same time, there is no expectation awaiting you to fit neatly into the filter within your unconscious mind. Instead, your attention is free to observe the minutiae of a place you shouldn't be. What will you see, I wonder? There is an added benefit to resisting gratification for a brief time. Namely, it disrupts the fog created by the bodily rhythms, the insulation which prevents you from seeing the expectation field for what it truly is. You will find that your consciousness will extend outward into your extremities. They will literally become more accessible, opposable and operable. You will find that your body feels more responsive to your entreaties no longer dulled by the mindless devotion to a gratification and the corresponding rhythm. Such liberation from the cage of the flesh gives one a greater opportunity to act tangentially because the body is no longer enslaved by those rhythms. To start the process of trying to recreate this, remember first that all impulses are distinct and quantized and any of them, fulfilling any number of rhythms or providing gratification of a particular kind, is an opportunity. They need not all be redirected, but in each there is a potentiality that can be captured. Also, remember that intention is the enemy of creating a glitch. If you intend to depart from the plan, to act tangentially, then you will surely fail, 
It is only in spontaneity that patterns can be broken.